Hey there, this is Sean McMahon. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry by lending your ears, your minds, hearts, all that good stuff. Don't be afraid to share this here message with a friend or a family member, even a stranger. Have at. It's not like it's going to bite. These messages are recorded live at the Community Baptist Church of Gayhead and Aquina on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and the good old U.S. of A. If you're ever in town for a visit or suddenly find yourself shipwrecked on the southwest side of our lovely little island, climb up the clay cliffs and come on down to our little old chapel for our weekly 10 a.m. service. No need to wear anything special, just bring your special self. May God bless you. Today's scripture reading is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me that I am gentle and humble hearted, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden light. be to God. Good words. Good words. So today's sermon, today's cover sermon, comes from the mind, heart, spirit, well, the mind and soul of a spirit-filled man named St. Augustine, and he was from a place called Hippo, uh, which is uh, in Algeria, present-day Algeria, although at the time it was Roman Africa, and he wrote he lived between 354 and 430 AD. So uh, he's been in heaven a long time. He's been in heaven a long time. Uh, his father was pagan, but his mother was a Christian. And he attended school. And at the age of 17, he went to Carthage and he studied rhetoric. And though he was raised when he was really young as a Christian, uh, once he got to school, as often happens, he was seduced by worldly philosophies, worldly religions, and he started following the Manichaean religion. Has anyone ever heard of the Manichees? It, it's basically very similar to <clears throat> very similar to Kundalini Yoga, where there's this aspect of meditating all all these energies within your body, and he was doing some stuff that seems cutting edge now, but he was doing it years ago, right? And it was very dualistic, light and dark, and there's a god of light and there's a god of darkness, and they have equal power over the universe. And while following this religion, ironically, he also became a hedonist, uh, and he, he lived hard and fast, and um, he was a teacher. And nine years after becoming a teacher, he was disappointed in his students he didn't think they were good enough for his teaching and high learning, so he left for Rome. But he didn't find students in Rome that were worthy of him, right? He didn't think that they were good enough. And his world started kind of crumbling around him. I think a lot of his, his ego uh, didn't have enough, enough of a strong foundation and started to crumble beneath him. And he started um, losing faith in the Manichae religion, and he turned briefly to uh, more traditional Roman fads of philosophy and religion and Neoplatonic philosophy, but his mother, 
started leading him back towards Christianity. And one day he read about the life of St. Anthony, who was one of the first monks, and he lived in the desert. He was reading about St. Anthony, he had a vision. And in that vision, he was inspired to read the epistle to the Romans. And that changed his life, just reading the word of God, reading Romans. And he accepted Christ, and he was baptized on Easter of 387 by Bishop Ambrose of Milan, who's another famous saint, and who took him under his wing. And in 388, he wrote about the holiness of the church. He returned to Africa. He sold off his inheritance, except his father's house, and he turned it into a monastery. And he was ordained a priest, an elder, a pastor in 391. And eventually he became the bishop over all of um, Hippo, which is why he's known as St. Augustine of Hippo. Not because he liked hippopotamuses. And then the Vandals invaded, uh, and he died uh, from illness many years later. But he's best known for his book, The City of God, which was inspired by the fall of Rome, because a lot of people at that time thought that Rome was the city of God, and he says, no, Rome was not the city of God. The city of God is a heavenly city. And then he also wrote his Confessions of St. Augustine, which is about his conversion. And these writings have influenced so many people and if people ever wonder you know where christianity came from and and where many of the things we think about come from where our traditions come from we, this man in africa actually gave us so much in his confessions and in his city of god a lot of theologians took his his cue from those writings and we owe a lot of our present day theology in the protestant church to augustine so today we're going to read this man's words and the words that he wrote in response to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Ready? I'll do my best St. Augustine impression. Dear brothers and sisters, many people are surprised to hear our Lord Jesus say, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me that I am gentle and humble-hearted, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Now in their view, anyone who bravely bends over to assume that yoke and submissively shoulders that burden knows that they're then beset and tried by so many difficulties in this world that he seems called not from labor to repose, but rather from repose to labor. And in fact, St. Paul himself declares, all who want to live religiously in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How then can the Lord's yoke be easy and his burden light, since bearing them is precisely what living religiously in Christ Jesus entails? And how can the Savior promise, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I'll give you rest? Shouldn't he actually say the opposite? You who are resting, come and get to work. After all, he's the one who found laborers standing idle in the marketplace and sent them to work in his vineyard during the heat of the day, right? In his parable. And again, St. Paul, while himself bearing the easy yoke and the light burden, so-called, he himself said, in everything we commend ourselves as ministers of God through much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, constraints, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, vigils, and fasts. 
Elsewhere in the same letter, he adds, five times at the hands of the Jews, I received 40 lashes, just minus one. Three times I was beaten with sticks. Once they stoned me. Three times I was shipwrecked and passed a day and a night in the deep, in the ocean. Nor was that all. There were endless other dangers, easy to enumerate, but impossible to endure without the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul repeatedly experienced the labors and anxieties which he mentions, but he was clearly strengthened by the Spirit of God. As a result, while his outer self was wasting away, his inner self was being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians. He was filled with sacred delights. His soul savored the promised rest. And the hope of future happiness smoothed out the difficulties of daily life and made them less crushing. Thus did Christ's burden become light and his yoke easy. Paul himself even went so far as to term light all the afflictions and tribulations that we shudder merely to read about, as we just did. His inner eye saw perfectly well the price we must pay here in time for the future life in which were spared eternal sufferings of the godless and enabled to enjoy the eternal bliss of the justified. Now we consent to undergo surgery and cauterization so that these painful procedures may alleviate sufferings which aren't even eternal, but result from a condition that we manage to prolong for a short while. Soldiers spend long, weary years fighting horrific wars in the uncertain hope of obtaining some brief and dull rest toward the end of their days. Traders run all sorts of risks, from storms and shoals, from the frightful wrath of sea and sky, in order to acquire fleeting riches. Riches that will later prove to be even more dangerous than the tempests endured in acquiring them. As for hunters, just think of the searing heat, the numbing cold, and all the perils to which they expose themselves. Horses, traps, ditches, rivers, precipices, wild beasts, everything spells danger for them. Suffering from hunger and thirst, they put up with the scantest and grossest food for the sake of killing some animal, which often enough, and despite all they went through, they wouldn't even consider eating back at home or at a restaurant. As a matter of fact, if they manage to snag a boar or a deer, boasting about it gives them more pleasure than eating it. Consider little children, too, and all the blows and torments that they suffer every day, the vigils and fasts which our schools impose upon them, not to instill wisdom in their young hearts, but to prepare them for empty riches and empty honors in the world, to teach them calculus and literature, and to equip them with deceitful tricks of rhetoric. Still, we must admit that without love, everything is difficult. But with love, the difficulty disappears. For love makes all things light, so that we hardly feel what would otherwise be onerous and devastating. Now, if disordered love facilitates the evil we do in our present fallenness, true love will impart incalculable incalculably, more resolve and facility to do the good we do in view of eternal blessedness. How easy it becomes to endure temporary suffering in order to escape eternal punishment and enter into eternal rest. No wonder St. Paul concludes so triumphantly, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared to the glory to be revealed to us. 
And that's what makes this yoke easy and this burden light. If some few find it difficult to take up, love makes it easy for all. As your lips have instructed me, I have kept the way of the law, sings the psalmist. My steps have kept to your paths and my feet have not faltered. What in itself is difficult becomes easier through love. Accordingly, we must admire the workings of divine goodness. For grace came and freed the inner man from the countless observances which had turned the divine yoke into something downright intolerable, as it must indeed have been for such headstrong persons as still bored. And once freed from the observances of law, the inner man who renews himself day by day discovered that interior joy, along with the simple practice of faith, hope, and charity, alleviates all the vexations imposed on the outer man by the rebellious prince who has cast out. Goodwill suffices unto itself, and God is satisfied with it. Whatever persecutions the world may yet unleash, the angels at our Lord's temporal birth chanted an incontrovertible truth. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of goodwill. The newborn child brought only an easy yoke and a light burden. And besides, as St. Paul assures us, God, being faithful, will not let you be tried beyond your strength. Along with the trial, he will also provide a way through it, and he will enable you to persevere. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sean McMahon Podcast. Visit SeanSellickMcMahon.com for more information about his ministry. For more about Sean's music, please visit WorkmanSong.com.